Monday night, May 6th at the Hyatt Regency in San Francisco. You're invited to join athletes and celebs at the Bay Area Sports Hall of Fame Enshrinement Dinner. Be there to celebrate this year's class featuring Olympic swimmer Jenny Thompson, San Jose Earthquakes legend Chris Wondolowski, Niners Super Bowl hero John Taylor, Sharks icon Patrick Marlowe, and the architect of the Giants dynasty, Brian Sabian. Be a part of this star-studded evening benefiting Special Olympics Northern California. To purchase tickets, visit Bayshoff.org. That's B-A-S-H-O-F.org. You're listening to Morning Tide, the official morning show podcast of the San Jose Sharks. Now, here's your host, Ted Ramey. Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to Morning Tide. Ted Ramey with you, as always. As you can tell, I am battling a little bit of a cold. I apologize for my nasally sound, but at least I get to talk to you guys after a win. And, you know, when we look at the Sharks' struggles in the third period this year, I have to wonder if this is just the hockey gods getting their revenge on us for having the incredible third period comeback against Las Vegas in Game 7 last year. Because that's really my only explanation for it. Because I've watched the Sharks in so many games this year come out and play such really, really good hockey for the first 40 minutes of the game, only to absolutely chop their foot off and just fall on their faces in the third period. And I don't have any explanation for it. I don't have some great understanding of what's happening. So if you've come to me for an answer of why the third period has been the bugaboo for the Sharks this year, I do not have that answer. I really wish I did because when you watch a team do everything right for 40 minutes, you're likely to think that's going to continue for the next 20. But on so many occasions this year, and especially as of late, it has not occurred. And I'm hoping, and I'm sure it'll happen again at some point this year, but I'm hoping that Friday night was the end to some bad play in the third period that we've seen from the San Jose Sharks as of late. I hope that was just kind of the the straw that broke the camel's back where everybody came to themselves and looked in the mirror and said, okay, we, we can't do this anymore. This is not something that we can really, you know, keep on doing. We have to win these games where we have a two-goal lead heading into the third period. Or if we just have a lead in our own house in the third period, we're not going to sacrifice that anymore. We're not going to let that go because – The way that the season's going, the Sharks cannot afford to have these games slip out from under them. The Sharks cannot afford to have these games, winnable games, games that are going to allow them to climb back up the standings to slip away and then have suddenly everybody looking at themselves wondering, what the hell just happened? Because that was kind of the expressions I saw on the Sharks' faces in the third period Friday night against the Kings where it was like, wait a minute, we were controlling this game. We were doing everything right. And now we suddenly find ourselves on the opposite end of the spectrum where, A, it's been tied, and B, suddenly it's overtime, and we're losing. And I've heard people talk about the fact that sometimes you can get a lead and you can relax later in a game, but, I mean, obviously you can't. I mean, I think that one of the things that we all try to wrap our heads around is the fact that this Sharks team has so much talent. And I think that sometimes when you get in a situation like that, you kind of feel like things are going to happen. And I've seen this in multiple sports where you you see a team that has all this raw ability out there in the field of play, and they kind of play like they're just expecting things to happen as opposed to forcing things to happen. And sometimes you can try too hard to force things as opposed to letting it happen. But the Sharks right now are in a situation where they need to be committed 60 minutes a game. 60 minutes a game, they need to be 100% committed. They need to take care of the puck. 
They need to make sure they are sound and committed on defense. They need to make sure they do not get cute. They need to make sure they are continually the aggressors. They need to make sure they are continually the aggressively physical team. I like that physical team that we see out there. I like it when I see Timo Meyer play particularly aggressive and physical hockey because that's, to me, when he's at his best. When he is playing a physical game, when he's getting his job done, suddenly opportunities open up for him, and that's like why we see him get a hat trick. Timo Meyer, in my opinion, has the potential to be a superstar in the NHL. The consistency just hasn't been there. He had a wake-up call after Friday night. Bob Bugner called out the forwards, and you can try and name the ones yourself, but we do know that Timo sat on the bench for a little bit, and he took that as a wake-up call. But Bob Bugner called out the forwards, and there was a response from the team Saturday night. And I like to see that. Not Listen, I'm not, I'm not in a position to call anybody out. I know that everybody is playing hard. But there's a difference between playing hard and playing right, playing committed, doing what you're told to do, sticking to the plan, knowing the schematic, knowing exactly what you're going to do, and then going out there and do it. Obviously, Bugner did not like what he was seeing. He said something. He felt it was the time to go public with it. Because he saw those guys in a Kings game that was winnable, saw another collapse. And he's saying to himself, this was a winnable game. Guys let their guard down. Guys weren't committed. They exhaled. And they took it for granted that a Kings team that's also not very good, by the way, was just going to roll over and die. Well, guess what? They didn't roll over and die. They treated it like the rivalry that it was, that it still is, roared back in the Sharks' house and beat them. And it was unacceptable. I mean, you heard those words coming out of the mouths of Bob Bugner and players. They, it was bad. I mean, I just, I, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. I'll be, I'll be very honest because I thought things went really, really well. You had Jumbo scoring a goal, doing it against the Kings. You felt like it was a good stepping stone. And then suddenly it all disappeared. I, it, was, it was staggering. I'm still, I, I mean, that's one of those ones. There have been a couple like that as of late where the Sharks, have played really, really well for 40 minutes and had that stunning third-period collapse. And it's not just about the third-period collapse. It's because you saw them do so much of the right thing for the first two periods. And you said to yourself, God, this is, okay, Dell's playing well or Jones is playing well. You know, we're not just focusing on Friday night's game, but other games where we've seen these third-period collapses. But you said, okay, these they're doing their job. They're doing what they need to do. And then suddenly it just blows up in their face. And it's the, again, like I alluded to, it's the no relax, don't let your guard down, play the full 60 minutes, don't get cute, don't get cocky, whatever it is, you got to play the way that they played against the Flyers on Saturday night. That, to me, was particularly awesome because they did not allow any hangover from Friday night, a winnable game that slipped away, lost in overtime. Yes, they get a point because it's an overtime loss, but... They were all thinking that they were going to win that game. They were all thinking that that was going to be a win against a Pacific Division team, and it was going to be a stepping stone because, again, for 40 minutes they did everything right. So they bounce back Saturday night. You get Mario Ferraro scoring. You get Timo Meyer with a hat trick. You get the Sharks looking like the team we all know they're capable of being. And for the Sharks team to play like that, we all look at ourselves and say, yes, this is what we want to see on the ice. I know it's not always that easy but it's what the team is capable of. And so now that we have seen some positive changes under Bob Bugner, and listen, I'm not saying that to say that Pete DeBoer was doing quote-unquote everything wrong or anything like that. I'm just saying that 
We've seen the team make some adjustments. We've seen the team look better, but it hasn't always resulted in wins. So now they're going to go out onto the road for some big-time challenges. And this is going to be another test. This, Honestly, we've said multiple times, you know, we've got to see where this team gets into. We point back to the first year under DeBoer when they were 18-18-2 around Christmas time. But now that they go out on the road, this is a big-time test for the Sharks, and it could be the road trip that defines their season. Now, it's never over until it's over. I heard, you know, Randy and Jamie talking about the fact that everybody now points to the Blues as saying, hey, the Blues did it last year, so look what's capable for any team or look what's a possibility. I don't want to look at that. I don't want to talk about the Sharks doing what another team did last year because it was a, it was an anomaly, an extreme, extreme anomaly that we should not look to and say that, oh, because one team did it, the Sharks can do it. I just want to see the Sharks consistently play good hockey. And that's something that I've talked about earlier this year when they were having a rough time in October. I said, okay, let's see what they can do in the next 15 games. And they played better. They won 11 out of 15 in the month of November. It was great. It was great hockey. They won a lot of close games. But now we find the Sharks in another situation where I am not looking for win streaks. I am not looking for them to have an unbelievably good road trip. I'm saying, can we go 500 on the road? Can we go a game over 500 on the road? Can you continually play better hockey? It's like I've been saying, can you win two out of three, three out of four, five out of seven? That's what I'm looking for because that's how you climb out of this now. And you don't want to get streaking. Not that I have a problem with streaking, but it invariably cools. But you want to see the team play to the level that they're capable of, rip off these wins, and suddenly start climbing their way back into the picture. And it's not out of the realm of possibilities right now. I mean, things are relatively tightly bunched, and there's no reason the Sharks can't get back into the playoff picture. Yes, they have got to play good hockey from here on out, but it's not impossible by any means. Okay, enough of me. We are now joined by one of the newest members of the San Jose Sharks who was acquired on waivers from the Pittsburgh Penguins just a few weeks ago. And he now finds himself in the grips of a cold, cold California winter. Stefan, what's going on, man? Oh, pretty good. It's, uh, it's very, very cold here. <laughs> yeah, man, I got I to gotta imagine that compared to what you've seen in uh, different parts of the NHL, most recently uh, Pittsburgh, uh, California in the Bay Area is probably uh, suits your Texas bones a little better. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's definitely nice here. But I spent a couple of years down in uh, San Diego, so it's not quite as nice as San Diego as this time here, but it's still pretty good. No, I yeah, I lived in uh, San Diego for a few years as well. By the way, people should not uh, sleep on the Goals fan base. I was always uh, impressed by uh, the crowds that would show up to those games. People take their goal hockey very seriously. Yeah, it was. Uh, hands down, probably one of the best atmospheres I've been in, um, especially in the minor leagues. Um, and it was it was awesome. It was a great it was a great place to play hockey for sure. Yeah, and I'm curious, just from your perspective, because you've played in the AHL and you've played in the NHL as well, and just you know your perspective on the the West Coast hockey culture. Because I mean, everybody points back to Gretzky coming to LA, and then the way that it's developed along the West Coast. You had Gretzky in LA, then you had the Sharks, then you had the Ducks, and you've got Las Vegas, and now you've got Seattle coming to the league. Are, have you been surprised by the hockey culture that exists out here on on the left coast? Um. Honestly, not really. Uh, I didn't really know too much and uh, what to expect. Um, you know, playing in San Diego, you 
you know, they were really excited to have a team come in, but we didn't understand, um, I guess, how, how diehard and how crazy that, that they were, um, especially for a, for a minor league team. Uh, I know, I remember whenever, uh, I remember whenever I got to, uh, Anaheim the first time as well for, uh, development camp, there was, you know, saw crowds in development camp and, you know, in the middle of summer. And, um, so that, that goes to show you how, how big the fan base is out here. And then, uh, obviously I played around the NHL for a little bit now and, um, we always played against the, you know, the, the Sharks and coming into this lake, it was never easy to play here. Um, the fans really made it hard. And uh, you can always play good at home. So. Yeah, and obviously, you know, you're making this transition to life in San Jose and life in the Bay Area. Just how is that going? Because, you know, a lot of times guys have the luxury of an off season to kind of get their life set up, but that was not uh, a luxury that you were afforded. It was all of a sudden, hey, you know, you're all of a sudden you're on your way to San Jose. Yeah, it's, uh, this year wasn't exactly an easy year, um, you know, from the get-go. Uh, I, you know, we didn't have a contract going into the year, and we were trying to figure out where we were going to play. And uh, wound up signing in uh, Pittsburgh's organization just in the minor leagues and uh, with the coach I was familiar with. And, um, you know, ever since then, it's been kind of uh, a <laughs> – it's been kind of a shit show. You know, you've been going from, uh, you know, one, one place to the other, to the other living out of hotels and – um, you know, life isn't exactly easy, but uh, you know, it makes it easy for me to just play hockey. Yeah, no, and, and obviously you've found yourself in a situation in San Jose where you've been able to get a good amount of time on the ice and you were able to score your first goal, which fans uh, reacted to uh, rather uh, nicely and gave you a good uh, good cheer when that happened. That's a good way to uh, get yourself uh, adored by a new fan base is to score rather quickly. But, um, you know, just in terms of coming to San Jose, you know, in in our point of view, you know, San Jose is kind of a model of consistency. It's always just kind of this team's going to do their thing and make that run into the postseason. But you joined the team at a time of relative upheaval with the change at the head coach and a team that's um, not living up to their own lofty expectations. And I'm just curious, what's that like for you to come into a team where it's, okay, we're trying to rectify this situation. We're looking for you to come and help us in this situation. And you're looking around saying, man, there's already quite a few names here. You got, you know, the two best 40-year-olds on the planet and Patty Marlowe and, you know, Joe Thornton. Then you look at Eric Carlson, Logan Couture. You know, I can keep on going. But, you know, you find yourself at a team that's still trying to find itself. Yeah, well, um, I think we're we're coming into, you know, this is such a – such a uh, deep organization when you say, you know, you say those two names and, you know, you raise your eyebrows and you're like, you kind of perk up a little bit. Uh, you know, you know, the history with it, you know, they've never, um, you know, taken that final step and in, in winning, but they've been so close for so long. And um, for them to be, you know, kind of struggling a little bit and, you know, having, having a chance to come in and kind of make an impact uh, any way you can is um, kind of, kind of what you want as a, as a player. Um, you get thrown into the fire right away. You get, uh, you know, you get a little, uh, a, a little fire in yourself. That you really got to dig down, uh, dig down deep and, and play, play the way you're supposed to play. And they obviously wanted, uh, wanted me for a reason. And, um, they made that very clear, uh, talking with Mugi and, uh, and Doug. And, uh, and they just really wanted me to come in and play the game that I, uh, you know, that they know that I was able to play for, um, the past few years. And, uh, you know, it, it's helping me back on the right track, and uh, obviously, I'm not the only one that 
um, is going to help us do that. And uh, you're going to have to, to call on the big guys itself. And uh, I think last game we did, we just played was a, a huge step. Yeah, and, you know, let's talk about last night versus Friday night. And, you know, you're aware of the situation, third periods, and the San Jose Sharks have not been great friends as of late. Last night, you guys kind of come out with uh, a bit of the red ass and take it Philly right off the bat. Never look back. You cruise to a nice win after kind of a crushing one on Friday night. What's What was your view on just kind of the team mentality after Friday and then going into Saturday? Um, yeah, well, it, it kind of seems like well, since I've been here, you know, we've been up going into the third period. And, um, you know, that was something that, uh, you know, when I, when I spent my time in New Jersey, that was something that we really um, embraced and really enjoyed was, you know, if we, if we got a chance to go into a third period, we, we played the right way, we did the right things, we did all the little things in order to, um, you know, just to, to win a game and all you focus in on at that moment in time. And, um, you know, for, for to lose those first three games, uh, for four games, or uh, I don't know how many games it's been now uh, since I've been here, but, um, you know, while being up and going into the third period, it's, it's hard. It's, uh, you know, it, it's just not something that, you know, I, I was, I was really used to. And, um, you know, to, to see the, the fight in the guys last night and to see, um, you know, we, we had that meeting and, uh, we, we called, everyone called each other out and we, we had to really set in and, and buckle down. And, um, I think that we had a really good push, and, and that was something that's just the start of what we need to build off of. And uh, you know, we go on this nine-day road trip here, and sometimes you, you play your best hockey when you're on the road, and the back shirt can pull a little bit, and it gives you some time to you know, really jump together as a team. And um, hopefully, last night was a good start, and um, we can build off that. Yeah, and you know that's kind of been the talk that we've seen since last night is that idea of building off of it. Um, in terms of what you saw, was it the you know even strength commitment to defense? Because everybody talks about the the penalty kill with the Sharks this year, which has been so effective, but that hasn't converted to even strength. Except last night, it looked really good. Everybody looked like they were committed. There was not, um, you know, there was not a whole lot of um, you know kind of missed assignments. There was not a big Olay that kind of sold out uh, the goalie, anything like that. Or did you think it was the fact that just everybody played a cleaner game? There weren't a lot of high risk. Uh, passes, no bad turnovers in the uh, defensive zone or in the neutral zone that would have put, um, you know, Jones in a bad position. What did you think last night that was, you know, what was the, the building block that you saw the most last night? Well, you, you said it. It was it was the, the no hope plays. You know, it was making sure you took care of the puck and did the right things with the puck. And, um, you know, for, for a team to go 200 feet to score a goal, it, it, it's a hard, it's hard thing to do. Um, so in order to, you know, to make them do that, you have to manage the puck well. You got to put it behind their D. You got to get out of their forecheck. You got to hit them. Um, and from, you know, from the moment we got on the ice in the third period, you know, we were, we obviously started on the kill and we let in a goal. And, um, you know, the past few games, well, once we let in a goal, then the first five minutes of the game, of that third, we kind of folded back and sat back and we didn't really attack. And, uh, you know, I thought that, um, from, uh, I think it was uh, it was Timo and and, and Tanner took over um, right right away. You know, I think as soon as we let in that uh, that, that first goal, uh, they went out there and scored and put us you know basically put the game away. And that was something that you know we really wanted to, to work on was you know building momentum off that kill and then going off. And obviously we didn't 
have a ton of momentum because uh, we went in the goal, but uh, they did a very good job. And then after that, you know, everyone everyone did their job. Everyone managed to buck well. Um, we didn't, like you said, we didn't do any help plays. And, um, you know, the the turnovers were, were very minimal, and that's how we had to. That's how we had to play. Yeah, and it was it was nice to see just because everything kind of it seemed like it was going to plan. Like that's like been the difference that I've watched over the course of this year, this year versus you know years past is that when the Sharks are playing quote unquote Sharks hockey and controlling the game, it seems like things will bend to their will, and that's what we saw last night, which I was uh, very much impressed by and uh, you know very hopeful and thought it was great to see because it seemed like you look back um, at some of the games recently, there have been some good efforts that should have been rewarded with, you know, two points, but it didn't go that way. And that's, you know, that's professional sports. That's hockey in a nutshell. But you guys were able to get that reward, especially a bounce back after the Friday night. I'm curious for you. I'm sure, you know, you're, you're a veteran NHL guy. You've been around the block before but you're new with this team is are you allowed to speak up like are you if you see something do you feel like you have a voice that you can say something to your teammates or is that still kind of a a line that you have to skirt until you get more comfortable um it kind of it's it's hard it's kind of it kind of goes both ways i mean you have guys who have played you know well over a thousand games in, in this locker room uh, obviously, you have to tread carefully with the things you say, and you don't want to you know, step on anyone's toes. It's, in reality, it is their team. Uh, and coming in and being new, I mean, they they know who I am. I played against them you know, several times, and um, I think they I think we have a mutual respect with each other overall. Um, with me coming in, like you said, I I've played I played in this league for you know a couple of years now, where um, you know I'm familiar with you know situation I play and. And things along those lines, but um, I think it's uh, <laughs> it, it's just it's hard. And um, I think I think they they allow me to say certain things, and they allow me to um, yeah. I, I think they all respect and listen. And um, but like I said, it's you know you're you're letting you're talking about guys that have played you know tons and tons of games here in, in their locker room and. Uh, it's their it's their responsibility and it's their job to you know take over and that's what being, them being the leaders are and uh, you're supposed to follow suit and, um, and yeah I I mean obviously there's gonna be some times where um, I'm not happy with certain things or, or I I see something different and uh, I feel like I will be allowed to, to voice my opinion on that and uh, but when, whenever that time comes that, that's when it comes but I, I would say that you know it's the captain's team and you're not really um supposed to to really say a whole lot (laughs) no but yeah i mean i i get all that 100 percent. but i also you know would think that if if i was a guy who just saw a new teammate came in i think if they if they would view not necessarily that you would go out and calling anybody out or anything like that but just if they saw you you know saying something or pointing something out or just you know being a vocal teammate that probably says to them like this guy's bought in. This guy wants to win for us just as badly as I do. And I think that's what that's what I think is probably the diffi- most difficult part for you is not to seem overzealous, but to also seem genuine and, you know, act like you're like this is the norm. That being part of the San Jose Sharks is something you've been doing, you know, for, for every day for, you know, not just the past couple of weeks, but, you know, for longer than that. Because you want it to – I would imagine you want everyone to buy in with you being just as committed to the team to, as the guys who have been here for years are. Yeah, right, and and that's you know, my job. My responsibility is to kind of be the raw raw guy, right? Like, I, I'm going to go out there and be physical. I'm going to go out there and build momentum for the team. So, 
uh, for, for me, I'm just going to, you know, when I go back to the bench, I say, hey, great play here. Or, or whenever I notice a little thing, someone makes a nice block shot, you're supposed to, you know, give them a little stick tap and do stuff like that. So uh, that's more or less what I do. Uh, I, I'm more of just a rah-rah <laughs> guy overall. And if, uh, you know, if, if something, something needs to be said or something's done, you know, if it's, uh, there's a lot of voices in that locker room that can take care of things, um, and I can be another. I can be another voice for it, um, especially with maybe the younger guys who are a little timid and maybe a little scared of, you know, someone like, like Jumbo and uh, someone like Patty Marlowe and uh, some of these guys that are, you know, such a big, big presence in our locker room that, um, you know, maybe a guy like Shelman just kind of is uh, a little timid whenever one of the guys says something and. Uh, it, I kind of feel like that's, that's kind of helpful having um, a relatively young guy. I don't think I'm too, too old right now. Uh, <laughs> that can, you know, kind of talk to them and um, you know, kind of help them out any any sort of way possible. Awesome, man. Well, Stefan, I know you've got a busy Sunday and stuff to do, so I will let you go. And uh, please, you're 11 years younger than me. I was uh, I was a freshman in high school when Patty Marlowe started his uh, career. Same with Jumbo. Whereas you were only four years old. So come on, man. You're uh, you're a baby. So don't don't think yourself as too old. But I really appreciate your time, man. I'm happy you're in San Jose, and uh, I like last night a great deal. And like you alluded to, I hope these are uh, building blocks the team can build upon and then uh, get back to the way that uh, I think we all know what this team is capable of. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Stefan Nason, everyone. Just a uh, very cool guy. I really enjoyed that conversation with him and uh, getting to know him, seeing him find his way here with the Sharks as he gets a big opportunity. And, you know, we, we watch now the Sharks try and figure out the holes in their roster and try and give themselves more depth at the forward position. And I'm sure that you know, Doug Wilson is not done making moves. It seems like he may, makes moves every year at the deadline, and I don't think that he's just going to say no this year because it hasn't started out well and it's going to be a wash. He's going to watch how this team responds now because he's been giving time for Bob Bugner to implement what he's wanting to do. The players have been reacting, and I think they've made adjustments that we've seen on the ice. It just hasn't been consistent. But if we can start to see over this road trip, considering how poorly the last road trip went, If we see high-quality play from the Sharks over the course of these next few games while they're out on the road, then I think that we're going to see probably more rumors about the Sharks being in talks with other teams. And again, this is just pure speculation on my point. But in terms of my earlier statement where I feel that this will decide a lot of what this season ends up being is it's going to decide what Dick Wilson's going to do. It's going to decide how we ultimately view this entire Sharks year. And, you know, it's, it's too much pressure if I'm being honest to say that it's all going to come down to this next road trip. But I think a lot of what we see from here on out is going to be dependent on what we see on this road trip. And not that the team will ever throw in the towel or anything like that. I just think it's going to be very telling. And ultimately, if the team responds, then we are going to be in for a ride from here on out to the finish. If they don't respond, then it's probably going to be a little bit depressing. But in sports, you never know what is going to happen? And I know that's relatively obvious and cliche. And I'm not even trying to point to the Blues last year because that's now become overplayed. But we have to see where this goes. And I'm curious to see how they respond on the road. And I'm curious to see what happens after that. And I'm curious to see what happens at the deadline. And I'm curious to see what happens so forth and so forth and so forth. We just have to wait and see what happens. The talent is there. I mean, we all know that this team 
has some of the best players in the world out there on the ice every night that they go out and play. But I do know that the relative struggle can define a team and make them harder and make them better. I think the Blues, the fact that they had to fight back last year, allowed them to have a different mental landscape when they entered the playoffs. Just as I think the Sharks getting past Las Vegas in Game 7 of last year gave them a mental advantage going forward against the Avalanche because they said, we did this, we had a Game 7 a couple of weeks ago, and we fought our way through it and were able to take care of business. Now, ultimately, the team was derailed by injuries against the Blues in the Western Conference Final. But you take the journey along with you. I mean, the road that got you to where you end up is either a detriment or an advantage. And I think that if the Sharks can use the relative struggles they've had over the first half of the season to make them a harder, better team, then they will. Because they know what happens when they make the mistakes. They know what happens when they're not committed to defense. They know what happens when they exhale. They know what happens when they don't play their best hockey. They lose. I mean, the onus is on the Sharks now each and every night to play their best brand of hockey. They can't take their foot off the gas. I don't think that's due to age of some of the players. I don't think that's due to inexperience of some of the players. I don't think that's due to the goalies. I don't think that's due to any one thing in particular. I think, A, parity reigns supreme, and B, it's been a rough year for the Sharks where they haven't gotten the breaks. So now, on nights where they're not getting the breaks, they have to buckle down and play that much harder. I know that sounds almost naive, but it's true. Some years, some teams will catch the breaks. And I would say that in the postseason last year, the Sharks definitely caught some breaks. And combined with their fanatical level of play that we saw in the postseason, a ferocity at certain moments where it was like, holy crap, this team can go absolutely atmospheric, supersonic. When you combine those two elements, you get a team that's capable of making the Western Western Conference Final or beyond had they not gotten injured. But right now, it doesn't seem like they're catching the breaks. So they got to put their heads down and eke out every goal, eke out every point, eke out every win. It will be a struggle, no doubt, to make the playoffs, but it is a struggle that I think this Sharks team is capable of shouldering and handling and ultimately using to their advantage. We all know that in the Stanley Cup playoffs, all you have to do is get in. And yes, we do expect the Sharks year in, year out to be in contention for a division title at the very least. But right now, we have not seen that consistency. So we have to just ask realistic questions. Can the Sharks make the playoffs? Well, of course, they've not been eliminated yet. We're halfway through the season. There is a lot of hockey to be played. There is a lot of room for improvement for the Sharks. And there is a lot of unknown yet to occur over the course of the NHL season. But I do know that the San Jose Sharks have immense talent on their roster, and I do know that they have underachieved up to this point. I know they've made a change in head coach. I know they've shaken things up across the roster in terms of their lines, in terms of just what they're putting out on the ice on every given night. So let's see what happens. It's been frustrating up to this point. I'm with you. 100%, but at the same time, it's hard for me to just pretend like this Sharks team can't suddenly thrust themselves back into the equation. Again, it's not going to be easy, but listen, October was disastrous, to put it bluntly. What did they do in November? They won close games, 
They won overtime games. They won shootout games. And they were able to put themselves right back into the playoff picture. And yes, a great many of those games were at home, but you got to play the schedule as it appears in front of you. You got to play the teams as they come at you. You got to get the wins where you can. The Sharks have sacrificed a number of winnable games this year. Let's see if they can flip that on its head. Let's see if they can get more comeback wins. Or hell, you know what? I'm getting ahead of myself. Let's just see if they can get more wins. That's ultimately what I want to see out of this team. But come on. I mean, we've seen them let games just get away from them. Floundered golden opportunities. So let's see if they can stop floundering those golden opportunities. Let's see if they can go in for the kill. First up, you look at Detroit, and you say to yourself immediately, that is a winnable game. And I'm not trying to pick on Detroit by any means, but, I mean, let's be honest. That is a winnable game for the Sharks. Then at Pittsburgh, at Columbus, at Washington, at St. Louis. Then they're going to be back home, taking on Columbus again. Then they host Dallas on the 11th. And then they're back out on the road again. But we're going to have two episodes of morning time between now and the 12th of January when they'll have gone out onto the road and come back home. And we're going to know a lot about this team. Next two weeks, incredibly important for the San Jose Sharks season. Next two weeks, incredibly important for decisions that Doug Wilson has to make. Next two weeks, incredibly important for the entire prospects of the 2019-2020 campaign. All right, that wraps it up for Morning Tide today. A big thanks to Stephen Nason for taking some time out of his busy Sunday schedule to talk with uh, me and all of you. Really nice to get to know him, and it's fun having him as a member of the San Jose Sharks. Just, again, seemed like a really, really cool dude, just a chill guy. And a big thanks to the San Jose Sharks for making this show a reality. I promise in a week's time, I will sound better. For the San Jose Sharks, I'm Ted Ramey, signing off. 